1: You want to open? I know I usually open. Do you want to?
2: It was really weird last week when I said, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh
1: I'll do it. Hey, 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 guys. Did you miss me? I know I wasn't feeling so great last week, but you guys had an awesome show because honestly, you had one of my faves, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. She's amazing. So but I did miss you guys. I'm so glad that Brown Ambition is back and we are black and brown.
2: Oh, um, so I'm excited for today's show. Are you excited for today's show, Mandy? I've been waiting for this because you've been talking about her nonstop. I feel like since I, we launched Brown Ambition, I can't believe it's I taken know. us two years to have her on.
1: I know. We have a special guest that you'll hear a little bit more about later. Um, by this time, by the time they hear from us next, Mandy, I'll be a, um, a missus. Yeah, a missus like you. Old married woman. Yeah. to I'm the side. The- <laughs> I'm joining the double ring club. Wait, Mandy. So wait. With the ring, which one goes? Which one goes at the bottom? Your 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 engagement ring or your wedding ring? There's no rules.
2: <gasps> there's but no rules. No, don't believe in any rules. I mean, I put my wedding band below it. There's also an unspoken rule of like, when do you stop wearing your engagement ring? Because a lot yes! of you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of anyway. I don't know. Just whenever it's you, just get tired of it poking you in the face when you sleep. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm excited though. So I can't wait to see you there. I can we can we can talk about it, right? We can. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm sorry I had to miss your surprise bridal shower yesterday. <laughs> I was Honestly. getting my teeth ripped out of my face.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine because I almost missed it. I was like, I don't feel like going, Jim. I was like, you really should go. Wait, so, you like, knew my- you were
2: having a surprise party?
1: No, I didn't know. My my friend Linda told me that um, that she was doing a, a speaking engagement, her very first one. And I was like, Linda, because Linda's kind of on the shy side. And I'm like, what? And she was like, Can you please come with me? I know you're used to it, but I was like exhausted and tired, and I wasn't in the greatest mood. And Jarrell was like, Well, Superman. I mean, look at me. I, I sound like you now, uh, Mandy. Just putting people's names out there. <laughs> Superman was like, You should really go. I was like, I don't really want to go. He's like, You really need to get out of the house. <laughs> and I didn't really realize why. And I was like, Why is everybody pushing me to get out of the house? So I was slightly suspicious, but I didn't know that's what it was. I was just like, What's happening? And it turned out to be awesome. Honestly, it was so me. It was just a lunch with like, I don't know, it must have been like 15, 20 people, if that. Just like my closest family and his family and friends. And we just had lunch and hung out. It was honestly a precursor to like what our our post vow exchange lunch is going to look like, um, do the, the fanciest thing of like our whole, I hate to even say the word wedding because it's really like, we're exchanging vows and we're having lunch with family and friends, like literally under 30 people, like 25 people, 28, I don't know. Um, is that my, the fanciest thing is my dress. My dress is like super fancy in comparison to the fact that everything else is like, so like, you know, like laid back and chill. But I was like, no, I want this fancy dress. Girls
2: gotta have their <laughs> priorities. <laughs> uh don't tell me anything I want to be surprised I want to be stunned is I think it's Supergirl not- gonna be throwing petals
1: no Supergirl is like you know she's not I don't think so anyway because we're honestly because it's just we're going to the justice of the peace and then we're gonna have lunch with our family and friends I
2: know it's gonna be all very cute very humble but come on it's I- a wedding I right know, right No, i mean it's a big
1: we're definitely deal. gonna do like a whole and it's crazy because I, I so we're cause I live w- right next to a really beautiful park and so it's beautiful. So we're gonna take like two hours worth of pictures beforehand of like just pictures and my friend, well, my video guy, if you've ever seen any of my budget Nista videos on social media or online, he's amazing. Well, he's a director really, and um he's young, like in his twenties, so he's actually here because he's coming with me to Essence Fest. Um, And so I was like, well, while you're here, because he lives in Jersey, um, uh, well, he's from Jersey, he lives all over the world now, but, and so I was like, while you're here, do you think you could do a little cute wedding video? He said, yes, I'm excited about that too. So expect to be nauseated by pictures and video.
2: Oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. It's It's weird. I I know. Like, was it weird the transition? Like when you guys like came back to the apartment where you guys were like, hey, husband?
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I it, it was a little bit not no, not weird. It did sort of feel. I don't know. We'll see how Superman does, but I did. I did feel like Enrique for the first time, like a little bit of that Latin machismo came out, where he's like, "Yes, yes. I am a husband. You are my wife. <laughs> yes, yes. <Somebody laughs> I am me, a man." <laughs> like,
1: somebody else, so the the, um, the young woman um, Andrea, who's making my dress, she's got this amazing. If you ever get a chance, go to Pantora Bridal. Like her uh Pantora P A N T O R A she's on Instagram and like um and she has her, her own website she's like 28 mandy her uh, she's literally a she's an artist her stuff is amazing i'm like wait how
2: old are you again i, I can even so- color in the lines and i'm almost 30
1: her stuff is, I mean, I i just can't even describe how amazing. So she made my dress and she just got married herself just last year. And she said the same thing. She was like, cause it's just like us. She lived with her husband beforehand and was like, I was like, did it really change when you guys got married? She's like, no, but he definitely was more protective. Like that's my wife, you know? And he, she said that, you know, you might see that a little bit, but other than that, she's like, it's the same. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was, here's what I'll say: If it was good before, it'll be good after. If it was bad before, it'll be bad after. That oh. is that a downer?
1: <laughs> no, because well, not for me. Because
2: honestly, it's good
1: now. You know, yeah. I just
2: it's not going to yeah, make I'm things so, worse. is what okay. I'll say:
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I it'll just, make
2: good things better and actually yeah. bad things worse.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad. I'm really fortunate in that I found. Um, the, the perfectly imperfect partner, because I can be a hot mess and I'm always like, yeah, my bad about everything that's going to happen,
2: but here it is. <laughs> and the fact that he's like, oh, my crazy baby. I'm like, hey, hey, thanks. <laughs> my mom was very excited when I told her you're getting married.
1: Oh, she was. She sends her best. Oh, thank you. Mama. That's so cute. I love your mom and your sister. They're so cute. <laughs> So anything new happening that I missed out in your life? I feel like we haven't spoken in so long.
2: Um, I got a tooth taken out on Sunday, which was the worst thing I've ever done. Oh, and Magnify Money got acquired. (gasps) I heard. I was like, wait a minute.
1: That's like every CEO's. well. Most people who build a business, that's like, you know, like the golden fleece. Is that even the right terminology? I don't know if the golden fleece. Like the golden goose, like the golden parachute. Like, you know what I mean? Basically the end goal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hold on a second uh, i'm turning it to my dad because he always mixes up like his his like you know he'll be like hey I don't know. Like, right, that always mixes up his terminology. Like, that's not the word you think, I think you meant to use, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. So um, it was, it's all sort of been obviously really, 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 really been sitting on this for a little while, not as long as the founders of the company, but for too long. I hate keeping secrets. Super exciting. Magnify Money. We were bought by Lending Tree, which mm-hmm. is a huge company. Um, a huge player in like the mortgage business they've been around since the 90s um, and you know they they bought us and basically what that means when companies get acquired is that essentially you know we're now it's sort of like the way I've described it is like um, Hearst magazine or Condé Nast they have a bunch of different brands different magazines underneath their umbrella and so we're going to be a brand underneath the Lending Tree umbrella. um, Oh Okay. But luckily, you know, I came from a world where when you got acquired, it meant everyone gets fired. (laughs) I was thinking that. I was like, you seem pretty excited (laughs) considering. No, I've always, I'm like, yes, it's okay. It's the kind of acquisition where people don't lose their jobs. And um, in fact, my job will get a lot bigger and scarier um, very soon. Look at you. (laughs) Like,
1: isn't it so crazy how, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to leave this huge conglomerate Yahoo to do this, you know, you know, a little smaller, a little humbler job. And all of a sudden you're like, psych,
2: I'm kicking ass. Sometimes I wonder where I got the balls. I'm like, how, awesome. how did I do that? I, could, I don't even – yeah. I think okay. now, being so far away from having left like a big corporation or being li- leaving Yahoo, a big brand, like a recognizable media brand, being so far, I'm, I'm like, I realize now the huge risk I took now that it sort of paid off. Does that make sense? Like I guess I was just yeah. like putting my head down and doing the work and not really thinking about everything that was sort of on the line but – yeah, things are working out and I'm excited and everyone the whole team is sort of staying on all my all the faves all your faves are going to stay on and yeah. um uh it's yeah, so we're just sort of like moving forward but what it means is we get more resources, I can hire more people awesome. um which is awesome and we're all down in Charlotte. This is where Lending Tree is based. We're down here this week to meet our new to meet our new colleagues and eat some barbecue, I guess. Yeah. So much change. Alright. Are we ready for our guests? I'm ready. Are
1: you ready, BA listeners? I hope you are because I think you're going to to really enjoy her. Cause I know I do. She's not just, you know, like a business owner. She's not just an innovator. Uh, she's not just the influencer. She's also my friend. Du, 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 du. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yo, I'm so loopy. I'm exhausted. I'm not even going to lie. I'm going like, to I'm gonna save this one. We have the delightful Evita Robinson on the show today of No Madness. Without further ado, here's our chat with Evita
1: Two
0: snaps. Yay. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm.
1: Hey, 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 BA listeners! So I'm super excited. You know, we don't usually have, have a whole bunch of um, guests on Brown Ambition because you know Mandy stank. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh no! no Come Mandy, on, now. I'm always the one that's like, ah, nah. but no, we don't have a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of guests. But this guest, I'm super duper excited about because she is the founder of a movement that I'm a part of. She's one of the reasons why I travel so dang all much. Um, we have Avita Turquoise Robinson. She is the founder of No Madness. Welcome, Avita. Thank you,
3: ladies. I really appreciate it. Thanks so
2: much for Thank coming on, Avita. I'm so excited because I I feel like Tiffany has been talking about you since the founding of Brown Ambition. Um, yeah,
1: that's my sweetheart. <laughs> so, Avita, like I I think, well, not everyone's familiar with No Madness, so let's start with that. Like, what right. is No Madness? Yeah, and like, how did you start it? Why did you start it?
3: So Nomadness is an international travel group. We are approaching 17,000 members right now worldwide. um, And we are made up primarily of brown women, um, African-American women, 80%, although we have all ethnicities and all gender affiliations um, as a part of Nomadness Travel Tribe. But we definitely are skewed uh, more towards African-American women travelers that are located all over the world. We have a large population scattered around the U.S but we are definitely full of location independence, entrepreneurs, creatives who have decided that they were gonna curate their life and that does not include being in the United States of America at this point of their time, <laughs> of their juncture. Um, So it's, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's an online resource where literally, if you were going to travel anywhere, literally tomorrow, you could just say, I want to roll out to Italy tomorrow. Where's the best place to stay? Who's in town? Is there a couch I can crash on? Where's the restaurant and the club to hit up? And it's a 24 seven communication cycle of people really just supporting one another. And, um, and that kind of bleeds into offline relationships. Which are done by over 100 meetups that we have around the world throughout the year. We have approaching 50 ambassadors for Nomadness right now, regionally, in different parts of the planet. Which is really awesome. So they're the liaison locally to also my team and the greater nomadness travel tribe community. And we're talking about meetups to different sites and landmarks, to you know, a group of people getting together just to have dinner and vibe out in some crazy locale, all the way to huge events that we throw, like the one that's coming up soon actually is our annual barbecue. Which has morphed from an event that's usually around two hundred to two hundred and fifty members, and now we have over six hundred coming. So that's what I've been working on.
1: <laughs> I, I remember like when I first uh, joined No Madness, I think like I had just missed out on like this trip you guys were going to India. And yeah. I was so jealous because I remember I had seen pictures of the holy festival where they throw like yeah. the, the powder, and I put it literally on my vision board, and I said, this time, I didn't even know if you were ever going to go back, but I said, I'm going to go to Holy with no madness. I had put it on my vision I board. And I remember I was on a date and not with my super Superman, not with my dude now, but I was on this date with, before him. And I remember you were having a buy-in. So Mandy, they have like, uh, when Avita used to do trips, they would have buy-ins that would sell out literally in five minutes. Yeah, And so yeah. they had a buy-in and I told my date, I was like, so in about five minutes, uh, this trip that I want to go on is having a buy-in. So I'm whipping out my computer and I'm, I'm handling my business. So we were at a restaurant. I took up my computer <laughs> and I got on and it was a ama- honestly, hands down, one of the best vacations, the best experiences But I, I, I'm still friends with so many of the the women that were on that trip. It was amazing. So what made you like think, and I don't want to take up all your questions, Manny, but what made yeah, you- ho- Wait, wait,
2: wait. <laughs> I'm trying I to usually, keep up. Mandy, like hold up now. I have <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> (laughs) That's why I'm going to be like, pull the brakes. Okay, so first of all, because I've heard about these trips, these amazing trips that you guys plan. So are you part, like, because I've been on these organized um, trips that I book through a travel travel agency and it's all sort of like planned out for us and you just pay a fee. Do you guys offer that as well, like more than kind of just a community, but actual trips? Well, yeah. So we're approaching six years old, right? And so for the first five years –
3: That was primarily what we've done. In five years, my team as well as myself have curated over 30 trips internationally with No Madness Travel Tribe. And it has varied to all these different countries and amazing destinations around the world, ranging somewhere between usually 10 to on the high end when I'm crazy, around 35 people on one trip. Um, and tip the one that you were on, Tiffany was pretty sizable too. Cause India was like a rush. Like everybody, people were not even avid travelers don't like to go to India alone. So mm-hmm. they, they were like, look, like I'm jumping in on somebody who's, she's been doing this for a couple years. Yep. She's been going to India even before she started no madness on her own. So, you know, I had the, uh, the legwork and the, the dues paid as far as India was concerned. But, um, but yeah, what we would do is drop the buy-in and we don't get involved with flights. We never have. And that makes sense just because my members live all around the world. Nobody's ever leaving from the same place at the same time, let alone a group of, you know, somewhere between 15 to 20 people. So we would take care of the itinerary points as well as the lodging and like round trip transportation to and from the airports as well as to the itinerary points that we created. So that's essentially what people would be buying into when um, it was a nomadness package.
2: Oh, that sounds amazing. I mean, as someone, I accidentally went to India alone last year. Not accidentally. I went for work. And I was like, well, I'm all the way in India. I need to actually go to Mumbai and, like, see what this is like. And I've always been, like, a confident, independent traveler. But one of the first things I did was um, arrange, like, a, like, get part, join, like, a walking tour and there were three other single women on the tour, and we just sort of just like all glommed together, and it was so. And you're like, yes, because you you want to like play tough, but it is so you just feel so much more relaxed when you're. It's you know, a yeah, all together. India
3: specifically is a very polarizing place, um, and and I've heard it and I've seen it. You know, India for the most part, when people go with us, they you know they want to go back or they really took something from it. It has the ability to be a real life changing trip because it will, will humble you upon arrival. Yes. And um, and that's one of the biggest things. That's why I've gone to India every year for the last seven years in a row, even before I started No Madness. And so that's how I've built these organic connections with people. A lot of the first places that I traveled to and brought the group to were places that I had been as a backpacker you know, um, before I started this, cause it's so ironic. I was kind of this road warrior that would get a backpack and just go off and be a solo traveler before I started doing group trips. It's no madness that brought me into group trips. Okay. I actually didn't even know if I wanted to travel with people when I first started no madness. And in just kind of saying yes to the community as it was growing out in its earlier days, I mean, within six months of us starting the group, we were on a trip to Boca del Toro, Panama. So, and that was not something that I had foresight on or, you know, saw when I created the community, I had no idea that it was going to turn into a business. I remember entrepreneur.com um, did a, did an interview on me and I, I can't remember if it was in the title, but it's definitely in the interview where she told me, she's like, you know, you're kind of like an accidental entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, actually, yeah, you're kind of right. Because I was looking for community. You know, I was a three-time expat, Right after I graduated college, I had moved to Paris and was doing filmmaking with the New York Film Academy, and Paris just kind of, like, sucked me in. And, you know, you're very raw right after college. You're very raw. You're emotional. You're sensitive. I'm an empath by nature, too. So it's like everybody's coming at you with a, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, actually, I need everybody to have a seat because I'm nervous. (laughs) And you're making me anxious, (laughs) like, while I figure out this thing called life. And for me, while everybody else was trying to hustle so hard to get you know, a job, I actually went and I started traveling right after, literally six weeks after I got my diploma and I was the commencement speaker of my graduating class. Like from the time I got off that stage at Madison Square Garden, it was about a six week countdown from when I got on a plane and I left.
2: So while everybody else was looking for jobs, I was looking for me. adventure Yeah. 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 I feel like so did- I'm finding a kindred spirit. That was exactly what I did in 2009. My my little brother's famous quote was he was 17. He's like, you're going to regret this. You should have a job. (laughs) My 17 year old brother. Oh (laughs) no. (laughs)
1: Uh, So what, so how did the, so walk us through a little bit of the transition from making this community into a business?
3: Yeah. So again, kind of like accidentally, I remember one of the most pivotal points I'll never forget this day, um, and I don't remember the actual day, but we were only three months into creating No Madness, so it had only been maybe, like, a couple hundred people that were in the group, and at that time, we had one member, Alex Hardy, who was living in Panama, and it was, like, the yes, one- that's my boo. Yeah, it was the one place where nobody else had been yet, so he was, like, this really sarcastic, if you know Alex, you know he's super sarcastic, intelligent <laughs> as hell, but really funny and kind of a smart ass. <laughs> and so he was a character that stood out really early on in the days of No Madness. And so we were like, look, you're dope. You have nobody else around you in Panama. Like, let's bring the new No Madness experience to you. And that's how I picked the destination for the first trip. And I remember it being like a Tuesday or Wednesday, some like work night, school night at around midnight. I said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to open up these people or talking about how they want to travel together. This is not what I signed up for, but I'm going to say yes to this part of the programming and see what happens. And so within like 30 minutes, late one night, we had picked a place and Alex was like, look, if you come to Panama, there's these islands. We should go to Bocas del Toro. So I'm like researching places. I find this villa that fits 16 people in it. And so I dropped the information in the group just thinking that I can go to sleep and then I'll be able to finish this conversation when I get up in the morning. And it was one of the most amazing things because I dropped it at, it had to be approaching one o'clock in the morning. I didn't go to sleep until about three because within an hour, we knew who the people that were going to be. We were setting up a way to give deposits. I had already reached out and people started screenshotting how much flights were from where they lived to be able to get to the villa in Bocas del Toro. And I had never seen something move so fast in my life. And that was the moment that I realized that I was really onto something here. That there was a community built, and and even in that moment, I didn't know it was going to be a business, but I knew that there was something here. And then, like a week or two into it, people were like, "Yeah, we need to have no madness shirts for the trip." So I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm in like merchandise too." All right, so <laughs> like I'm like the guy that I had create Fresh Dot Daily, the graphic designer that I had create our our membership cards that we handed out at the first meetup, three weeks into creating the group, you know, we chopped and screwed the image and put it together and that was the first No Madness shirt. So as soon as like money started being exchanged, that's when I realized that I needed to have some type of entity to protect it, but also to kind of like have on standby because I had no idea what was being built here. I just needed community so bad with people that had travel as a priority. You know, not somebody who's just hung up on going when they can for their vacation days, like people who were really making moves in their lives to have a either location independent lifestyle or it was a priority, like they were getting rid of TV bills and stuff like that to put it towards a travel fund, like people who weren't playing around with this. And so... That's really when it started to shift into a business. It was never a part of my plan. Mm-hmm. It was a part of the evolution of me seeing what the community wanted and where they were going and saying yes to that, even though I was terrified. Wow. What
2: were you doing around this time? Were you working? Were you, you sort of paint the picture for me at what where you were in your life and your career when you decided to make, like, make a go of this?
3: Um, I was 27 years old. And I was a freelance television producer. So I was working in television, which is what my background is in. I went to Iona College and my degree was in Mass com with a focus in TV and video production. And then my minor was in fine arts. So I'm also a creative that entered the business realm. I have absolutely no business background. And a lot of it is trial and error, you know, just kind of experimenting with things. But I love the fact that I'm a creative coming into a business space because that visionary never leaves. And that is such an integral part to innovation, you know. I, I've seen some business people they kind of get so wrapped up in like the numbers and the businessy part of stuff that they lose that creative edge and you know the the vision to really like go forth and innovate. That's something that I actually have in mass. It's like the the day to day stuff that I need, you know, that I pull the help in on. <laughs> so, you know, but um, but yeah. So I was actually working in television production, and it was funny because. The show that I was working on, I mean, it's it's normal in freelance, especially in a city like New York City. Um, you know, shows will just end and people will just get fired, you know? Mm. And so what ended up happening when I started No Madness was that I um the show that I was on ended up getting canceled and I qualified for unemployment. And it was the first time, because I had been unemployed before that, dealing with freelancing in New York City, mm-hmm. but it was the first time that I ever made a decision like, okay. I can either try to jump right back into this rat race and see what the next show is that I can pick up for a couple months to get some dough in, or I could give this a breathing room for a couple months and experiment, get on unemployment and see what the hell this thing is that I've created. And I I made that move approaching six years ago, and I've never worked for anybody else ever since.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. It's been a crazy
3: ride. (laughs) You know, I know. (laughs) It's been a crazy ride. (laughs) But, um, but I did, I had to make the diligent decision. I remember writing in my journal, I actually have this. And at our anniversary, I usually dig this journal up and kind of take a picture of it and put it on social media where I got to a point in an age, I got to an age at one point where I stopped asking, like, I wasn't asking people for money. You know, some people get in a bind and they want to ask people for money. What I started to do at this point was I started to ask people to tell me that it's all going to work out. Okay. And I was like, I just need to hear this from somebody outside of myself, you know, huge practitioner of law of attraction. But when it gets like crazy, yeah. I saw people and I'm like, I just Tiffany, you know, this uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm like, I just need to hear that. It is all going to work out. I'll take the reins from there. The universe will guide me from there. But sometimes you just need to hear those words from people that, you know, really believe in you and people who have really been through those tough times, too and come out on the other side like you just need to hear that and so I remember when it got nuts and my unemployment was only 220 dollars a week living in New York City Mm. and I remember getting that information like when I got the breakdown of how much they give you a month like a month and a week and I remember that was the day that I called I called Jason up but also I wrote in my journal in huge sharpie I was like it's all going to work out and that's really all I had to keep going um, until things started to pop off with no madness, so it was very interesting um, looking back in retrospect.
2: I mean, I always looked at because I was laid off too in New York City. See, I feel like it's like really, I know, <laughs> or, and that there was no better, there was like no better um, drive and like push than being laid off in New York City and getting that puny little like unemployment check than to, to push you forward and like, keep you going. I feel like it's like a really good, I don't know, momentum starter, like kicking the ass kind of. Yeah,
3: you have to, I feel like sometimes the universe like edges you into things, but I'm also an air, So like life is really, really like rough with me because I think that it, it knows that I can handle it. Um, Sometimes it'll just kick you off the cliff, you know, and you got to free fall for a little bit before you realize how to fly on your own. And Mm -hmm. And it's and it's crazy. It really is crazy, and it's not for everybody. That's the other thing. So you know, I'm I'm definitely not one of these people anymore who is along the lines of like entrepreneurship is for everybody. It's not for for, for, yes, not everybody. all. It's so
1: funny when you first I think I feel like when, for, when people first jump into entrepreneurship, it's like it's like when you first like, get into a relationship and you're like, yes, girl, everybody need to get them a man. Yes, <laughs> And then once you start really doing the work, you're like, well, you know, you might be good single.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. But it's just, I mean, I have to keep it 100 percent with you. I have friends that are entrepreneurs that I don't think are cut out for entrepreneurship. <laughs> and that's real. Yeah. No. And and it's just and you just you see it, you know, you see it in different ways. But then I have friends that are, you know, phenomenal entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying? And the people that I can turn to and you know, we have those safe spaces and candid conversations and we build each other up and you keep going. But, yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. Absolutely not. I know I am very, very aware that I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) So it's like I take that and I run with it.
2: Well, you must be good at—I mean, you must be good at it in some way because it's doing so well. But I want to ask—I want to ask the question of at what point? Well, first, how does No Madness make money? How do you make money? How do you live? And and at what point did you get to a place where you felt like, okay, I'm actually sustaining my myself with this business and it's viable, and you know it's all going to be okay?
3: Right. I feel like the light at the end of the tunnel came about mm, four years in. And we're about to hit six years in. So it was very turbulent. And let me not say that as if right now, like I'm sitting pretty and everything is like colorful, like entrepreneurship is real and there are ups and downs. And you try different things. You come out with different products. You know, you you try to bring value to people's lives while also offering something that you can make money off of. You know, that's kind of the name of the game right now. But um, but the difference there's a trillion avenues. And one of the things that's been really awesome over the last two years, but I made a promise to myself this year to really focus on it because it's been growing in tandem with No Madness is also my personal brand. And so as No Madness has grown and you know has been the, the blueprint, really, of what is now the black travel movement on social media myself as an influencer, my value has gone up and my following has gone up. And I've been able to capitalize on that and kind of throw it in the mix. So Mm -hmm. the trips were one way that Nomadness was making money. Um, Our pivot from there has now gone into events, both international and domestic, which are a big part of it. So you're talking our anniversary parties, our trips abroad, um, our events abroad. We just did Spearheaded to in Johannesburg, South Africa, and in Jaipur, India, um, all the way to our conference, our annual conference that we have. Then you have the merchandise aspect. Um, I am also a co executive producer along with Issa Ray of HBO's um, Insecure. And we have a web series that's on her YouTube page, The Nomadness Project, in which there's also ad revenue that comes in from there. Wait a second. Uh,
2: Why did you bury the lead that you're part of my favorite show ever? I, didn't I don't understand. I'm not a part of How did I not like know I'm that? i
3: friends with Issa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends and co-creator with Isa. I am not a part of Insecure. <laughs> wait, <laughs> like, what? Close enough, close enough. Right, right, right. You're tapping on it. I'm like, wait, don't let me get the Issa hit me up like, Check.
2: Your hands were somewhere on it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, Issa's, Issa's
3: dope. Um, I may she looked amazing at the BET Awards.
2: And, I have so yeah. much to say. No, that's awesome.
3: No, I love Issa. Issa really came on board early on, too, actually, with No Madness. Like, we've been in cahoots for a couple years now and actually built a friendship. Um, I was just on the set of Insecure um, maybe, like, a month and a half ago and was, like, catching up with her. I happened to be in L.A. for some um, production stuff that I was doing, and she's just like, look, anytime you're around, come down. So I did a cameo thing. We'll see if it makes the cut. But, um, really? Yeah, uh, Isa and Molina are really, really dope. So I literally hung out with them all day and was doing some shooting with them. So we're going to see. We're going to see. I'll have my eye on this season. But um, well, but I yeah, so there's ad, there's ad revenues in there and there's sponsorship and partnerships, which is a big thing right now too. Like one of our main partners is Airbnb, you know, but we've also had Hotels.com and like Emirates Airlines, like different, you know, Etihad Airlines, excuse me. And, um, you know, so there's a million ways I'm a hustler, right? I'm a freelancer. Mm. So I'm not going to make money one way. I'm going to make money like 10 ways Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that if I ever have to lean on Something more than others, you know. Even speaking with, you know, Tiffany, we have our our online course that we spearheaded last year, NMDN Black Box, you know, really introducing travel and breaking down these fears and, you know, stereotypes and misconceptions that you have to be of a certain economic bracket to be able to travel, you know, and and really taking the mission of nomadness and putting it into a course. That was something that was really different from us, and you know, Tiffany was like an awesome mentor in that way. But um, but yeah, I got a, I got a bunch of ways that I make though. <laughs> it's all about diversifying the income.
2: Absolutely, sure. I think that is so important. Just like you said, to have different income streams. But you mentioned Airbnb, and I was gonna bring that up earlier. Just like how important it is to have groups like No Madness and and. Yep. Especially at a time where people may be wondering, like, well, why do we need groups like this? I mean, ask any person who's ever of color who wants to travel, and and I and I, it's clear to me why there's been such a massive response and emotional response to yeah. to no madness. And now you're partnering with Airbnb. Did that come before or after all the 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 Twitter hoopla about air? Because for those who don't know, Airbnb's algorithm, or not the algorithm, but basically it was found that people were less likely to approve. Guests of color, color, yep. Um, than those who were not of color, basically.
3: Right, it came before actually, um, and it's funny because even we did our first conference. What three? Yeah, they were approaching the third one. So we did our first conference three years ago. So Nomadus was three years old, and it was funny because. From the time that we had very first started, I was like, yo, we got to partner with Airbnb because as a mission, I really, really love what this company stands for. And I like their story. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And it was something that I was like, listen, this is what we do. And the other thing that makes No Madness unique is because we weren't staying at hotels when we were doing our group trips. We would find tricked out houses or flats that would fit like 10 people in them or mansions, and we would actually book those out. So everything goes back to the mission of us having a very intimate and familial type of feel with us. So we weren't really staying like India is one of the few places we stay in hotels because I don't trust the water and sanitation. Yeah. So I make sure that we're in a place that's safe and, and, you know, taken care of. But in most of the other places, like 80% of the time when we would travel in group trips, we'd be staying at Airbnbs. So it was an immediate, like, and that was something before they even spoke to us when, you know, I could, I would send out blind emails and not hear anything from anybody. So they're also a part of the nomadness makeup um, from, from the get go. And so I had wanted to work and partner with them for years. And then our first conference, which launched maybe like, I want to say six to nine months before the hashtag Airbnb while black came out. Um, They actually were one of the smaller sponsors that we had as kind of like a litmus test to see what it was. So they had come on board not just as a partner, but even as a small monetary um, sponsorship for our first conference. And then it was like maybe six or seven months after that was when stuff started to hit the fan with Airbnb while black. Um, We had already been in a a relationship with them. So it kind of just like... Took off from there. I've actually spoken on panels with some of the people that they have in their head of diversity. I spoke on a panel with um, we did a fireside chat with their head of, I think community belonging is the name of it um, at Blavity's Afrotech. Mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley at the end of last year. Um, I'm going to be going back. They're actually bringing me to Essence Fest, so I'm going to be speaking at Essence. Yay, um, I'll see you in Essence. TV. Yes, so I'll see you there too. So yeah, we've we bridged. I was their community keynote in New York. We forged like a really, really cool partnership um, and just kind of growing. And I'm a huge fan of their chief marketing officer, Jonathan. Uh, I spoke at Harvard Business School on a panel Um, ironically with Jonathan from Blavity, which is funny, but, um, not that long ago, maybe about two months ago. And their keynote was Airbnb's, uh, chief marketing officer, Jonathan, who also had worked for Coca-Cola and some other huge name brands. And just the man's heart and head and artistry is just in the right place. And so I really love the way that they've gone about addressing it. And I've even spoken directly to their CEO, Brian Chesky, about it. I've been invited to some private uh, dinners where, you know, there's maybe, I'm maybe one of like 25 people in the room along with Brian Chesky to really be able to hash some of this stuff out and, and hear them out, but also voice the other side, you know, and, and let them make sure that they really get what this means to our community. So I'm actually really proud of the work that we're,
2: we're doing with, uh, Airbnb and our partnership. I'm heartened by that because I love me some Airbnb. I'd be Airbnb. so yeah. sad if I weren't allowed uh, to, to use I them know, anymore. Right? Like no,
3: we, there's and already so- tricky, and it's a tricky, you know, spot. Honestly, because like you know, on one and on one hand, it, there's also like okay, I'm the face of this, you know, not just no madness, but also the Black travel movement. So I caught some some shit on the back end. You know, when people saw me like doing this stuff, and it's like you don't understand the historical context. Of how we've been working with them and you know people especially online it's like the drama they just want to come in for the fireworks and then leave they don't even want to hear the story you know so there's this historical context between our two companies that was already built before this stuff hit the fan in addition you know other like you know a competitor came up and that idea for their business was actually spearheaded by a thread inside of no madness where they yes i remember would be interested and i actually told the co-founder i said listen this is such a good idea. You need to get this out of no madness because you don't know what resources and capital people have sitting. They'll snatch your idea from right here. Like, I love this community, but we got everybody in here. You got to be smart about this, like get an attorney and get this thing going. And they ended up running into their own issues at the onset of it. But these things really started from no madness. And, and that's something, you know, to take note, but it shows the power of our community. Like I I really want to say, and I think I'm pretty much on point with this, every single like noted black travel group that is out right now that you can name, I believe all of their CEOs started as nomads, all of them.
2: Yep. How do you protect yourself when you have so much competition right out the gate? I mean, it's one, for one thing, it's a compliment. Uber, Lyft, you know, that sort of thing happens. But, yeah, talk about that.
3: You have to innovate. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's only but so far that you can, you know, it's like somebody else coming up with a, you know, a finance group. You can't stop people from popping up with these things. It just is what it is. But I think getting to the core, refining a, and making sure that you are steadfast with your mission, in addition to, like, I don't, I, I'm one of these types of people. I'm extremely competitive. I'm an Aries and I'm also an artist, so, like, I'm sensitive about my shit. And with <laughs> all that being said, it's like, I, I don't need to be in these other groups. I have spies. Like, anytime I need to see something that's going on or get some feedback, I will. I create very much in a bubble. And I've learned that as being a creative because I never want the next person's thing, whether it was organic to them or not, to start influencing why and how I do what I do. That's I can't like I just even just as an artist and as a person, like I don't rock like that, you know, so with that being said, I let people do what they're going to do. I mean, it's never gotten to the point of like legal boundaries, but there's definitely been some copycatting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And moral, and
1: moral boundaries crossed over.
3: Exactly. Exactly. But as long as I can look myself in the face and I will go to bat for what I have, I'm extremely protective of what I've had. And I've been called every name in the book because of it, because I will definitely rise to the occasion with <laughs> class, but I'll let you know. You know what I'm saying? It's been like that over years, but I think the more that you are self-assured in what you bring to the table. And again, that level of innovation, nobody is touching us. And that's just not just no madness, but even me personally, you know, like in taking the culture, because for me, it's not just about, for example, I just gave a Ted talk that is about to shut this entire system down. Okay. (laughs) So And that's after being in a TED residency for three and a half months in which I'm building out the next phases of nomadness that now have not just to do with us traveling abroad, but now acquiring property abroad. So again, Mm -hmm. it's about innovating and thinking outside of the box and going to the next levels and staying true as hell to who you are, regardless of what other people are doing in your space. Yeah, it's not easy. And so I I commend you. And it's offensive at times. Like, you want to be off with their heads. And the thing is, you have every right to feel that way. You really do, especially, and I've said this to Tiffany too like, it's different. Nobody knows what it's like to be first in a yeah. realm. Even if you're second in an industry, you do not go through the same things that the first person goes through. And there's some real humbling and ego checking and, you know, swallowing of pride that happens in that first position because everybody is going to pull something from you, something because you were the first in that space. And so you're groundbreaking. I think it was Dave Chappelle. He said it in inside the actor's studio. It's my favorite one. The only one I bought, but it was a quote that had something to do with Richard Pryor where they say the mark of, um, the mark of genius is when everything before you is obsolete and everything after you bears your mark. Mm. And that's how I feel about
2: Nomadness. So, what was the? Can you give us a taste of what the TED Talk is about?
3: Oh, the TED Talk is about the evolution of Black travel from Jim Crow until what is now a worldwide movement that Nomadness started. Wow. That's the taste test I can give you.
2: It'll <laughs> be out in a couple in. months.
1: <laughs> how does it feel? Like I, I always wonder, you know, like you know, as a business owner, because you know, sometimes you, like you said, you live and you create in the bubble. Are you? I mean, it seems like you are. I'm, like today, I was getting like a burger, and somebody was like, "Butter Benista," and I was right. like, "Hi," you know. And uh, I, how do you wrap your mind around that you've created like an actual? shift not just like oh you know some more people are traveling no like a real shift there's a concrete I can look at the data more brown people are traveling and we could like how like are you able to wrap your mind around that are you able to conceptualize what that actually means you know like
3: how does that you know how does that feel so there's a couple things to that one I I am a workaholic (laughs) And so having self care and having a moment to reflect, I have to work just as hard as that, uh, at that, as I have to do on my actual work. Right. So for instance, I disappeared this weekend. Literally, I just got back this afternoon after getting an Airbnb and like, I was up in Kingston, New York by myself for two, three days and didn't post anything on social media. I was like, I need to get out of here. Mm. And, um, and it's because a lot of feelings were conjured up after, you know, the Ted residency was done. A lot of stuff has been happening, huge things that have made me question a lot of stuff and look at things and figure out what I want my life and my business to look like and how they intersect together in harmony. Um, so there's been a lot of flushing out that happens. And I try to do that every couple months to make sure that I'm on the right track, not just for no madness, but for Vita Turquoise Robinson. Um, and so I'm going to be honest with you. I don't stop and let that feeling sink in a lot because as beautiful as it is, it is terrifying. Mm. (laughs) It's really crazy because you think about that or, you know, I can run even like, you know, walking in downtown Newark now, especially when I first moved here, it's like, I felt like I was running into a tribe member every day (laughs) and, you know, and I'm out like painting my new apartment. So I'm out and like painted up, you know, sweatpants and looking crazy and but it was, it was beautiful, and it's usually when I'm on the trips or when I'm abroad where I allow myself the time to really sit with it, and I normally end up crying, you know? Um, I'm a crier. It's how I deal with stress and all types of stuff. I just, I gotta let it out. But um, it's those moments where I let it sink in, and it's so powerful. But I always just keep going. I am really one of those people that kind of focuses on what's next and that innovation piece that's really important for me, um, because I always want to stay ahead of the curve. and And so I have these mini celebrations that happen with all the goals along the way, and then some goals that are obtained just shut me down. Like mm. TED, shut me down. <laughs> It was like I have had give a TED talk on my vision board. It's funny because we just pulled out the old, the first high council meeting. High council is the nickname for my team. The first high council meeting that we had back in January 2012, I had this huge photo paper on the ground and everybody had crayons and markers. And we were just like, yo, let's just brainstorm what we think this will look like in about five years. And for the first time since I started No Madness, I rolled that out with two members of my team like two months ago. And it was so crazy because we didn't name the sections, but you could kind of tell by what we wrote, who wrote what. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, in my section was TED Talk. Mm -hmm. And I had completely forgotten that I had written that down. And it was so interesting that I had correlated it with No Madness. Yeah. Because you Give a TED talk as a person, but the fact that that was on like the NoMadness Blueprint from six years ago, and I had put that steadfast, and now knowing what my TED talk is about and seeing how NoMadness helped get me into this residency, like it's it's just there's some there's power we're putting it out in the universe, you guys, like for real, for real, and writing it down. Um, it, it'll take some time, but but it's coming, you know, and so. It's those moments that really stop me like whoa you're really doing it and you're really changing people's lives. You know, like I said I didn't start I didn't go into this thinking that I was starting a business but there's also some side effects to Nomadness that I didn't I didn't understand. For example, everybody in Nomadness has grown. Like we're a millennial, you know, travel group for the most part. We have members that are upwards of 60 who have come on our trips and they will drink and party you under the table, mm-hmm. but that you know our guts are really between like 25 and 45 years old and so everybody's grown and i've met these people's parents and i've had parents come up to me and and say avita you know i just want to say thank you for creating this community because i'm not a world traveler and as a parent i don't care how old your child is you're always nervous about what w- what would i do if something happened and they're like now we know that there's a community where should hit the fan there are people that would take care of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately a couple years ago, they had to tap into the community for that. And I rose to the occasion as a leader, you know, I say as a leader, you gotta be there when it's pretty and when it's shitty, if not, don't sign up for it. Don't sign up for it cause it's gonna happen. And you know, that's really, it's those moments where we come together and celebration. It's, it's the moments when I hear, you know, two tribe members hooked up and now they're having a baby together, you know, and they met at a meetup or on a trip. It's, it's the businesses of which there are many that have been created from no madness, solopreneurs, location, independent entrepreneurs, even people that met at meetups or on trips. And now they've created businesses together. Like
1: mm-hmm.
3: we are a community that is so much bigger than travel. And so much more personal than social media. And so when you see it in that context, it is it it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And it's amazing. I say I've done I've been able to pinpoint my top three things that I've done in my life thus far. And I put after giving my TED talk, I put on social media, I said, you know, this is the second biggest thing that I've done in my life. And one of the organizers of the residency was like, Damn, well, what do we have to do to be number one? I said, creating no madness is number one. Okay, and I don't know if anything is going to beat that until I become a mother. Okay, yeah.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, that's a good segue to kind of our 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 kind of wrapping up. Like, so what's next? Like, what's any major thing that's coming up? Um, yeah, can-
3: we have we have like we're releasing the app this summer which I'm really excited about. Um, It's going to be coming out on iOS first just because we were trying to get this Android together. Android's too glitchy. This is like the thing that you learn about when you're coming out with an app. Um so the Nomadness Connect app is definitely going to be dropping this summer which is going to be amazing. I can't wait. And we're, you know, we're getting our ducks in a row to really push forward for this TED Talk going viral when it comes out, which is probably going to be early fall and and really producing the residency program which I've I'm starting to speak more openly about which like I said I think the first 6 years of Nomadness was really about breaking the stereotype of an international traveler and getting us out there and letting us know that we could do it at various price points and I really think the next phase of Nomadness is going to be more so focused on what we do while we're out there. Okay. And One of the first transitions that we're going into, you know, we started the events, launched those this year, but something that's going to be hitting before the end of 2018 is real 2017, excuse me, is really this property acquisition. And I'm really excited. I have, um, a development company that's already on board with the project that I was working with through Ted. And yeah, I can't wait to, uh, to get that going and, you know, start with no madness as the funnel system. So we can really start rooting abroad and making change, you know, and I just, I, I, I don't trust our president at this juncture. So (laughs) I'm I'm getting my apartment first. (laughs) so where can, where can people find
1: like more about nomadic? Cause I know a ton of people are going to be like, I want to be part of the tribe. How do, how do they join the
3: tribe? Where, they can, where can they find you? They can go directly to the website, nomadnessTV.com and you will see a join the tribe tab and you can go right in there and funnel through and we'll get you in the group. But yeah, nomadnessTV.com at social media, we're at nomadness tribe on every platform across the board.
1: I'm so proud of you, Avita, honestly, because I mean, I know, you know, how hard you work. I know how hard you work. So not just how hard, but how hard you work. You know, I know how soul you work. And so just to see all that you've put in and, and to see you reap the benefits and also not just reap the benefits, but change the world around you. So thank you so much for coming
3: on.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you, ladies. Thank you, Avita. It was so much fun talking to you.
3: Yes, Likewise.